Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This is Ion Veterans Weekend, a roundup of the week's most important stories affecting those who served. Presented by University of Maryland Global Campus. There are nearly 20 million, 20 million military, military veterans, veterans in, in the, the U.S. US. Each week, we focus on their stories. Powered by ConnectingVets.com. This, this is CBS Ion Veterans. Ion Veterans. Welcome to another edition of CBS Ion Veterans. I'm Navy veteran Phil Briggs. This hour will honor the true meaning of Memorial Day with a star-studded tribute featuring country star Trace Adkins. People ask me why I do so much work with veterans organizations. My answer is very simple: is have an opportunity to associate with heroes. You should do that. Award-winning actor and constant military and veteran supporter, Gary Sinise. Always knew I liked you as an actor. I think now I know why. (laughs) Yeah, a lot lot of veterans in my family. (laughs) And the veterans behind the Carry the Load initiative. And what started with one event in Dallas in 2011 has grown to a nationwide event with four national relays. And here we are going into our 10th year, having raised over $25 million. Now we'll start this hour off with a guest who captures the essence of what Memorial Day weekend is really all about. You see, she's the author of the book, Because You're Not Here, the memoir of a Gold Star mother. Mother to Army Ranger Specialist E.J. Murphy. Now on May 26th in 2017, Specialist Murphy, who was assigned to the 1st Battalion 75th Ranger Regiment, died while conducting operations in Syria. And though the event can be described in a short sentence, Events like this have a lifelong impact. I recently had the honor of talking with Sheila Mitchell-Murphy about her son, her book, and the special meaning of this weekend. As we begin this interview, tell me a little bit about EJ. Tell me about Etienne. 
Yes, I call him Etienne because he didn't like the name Etienne. <laughs> um, Etienne, <laughs> Etienne is, is a sweet um, young man. I can't say boy because to me he's my baby boy. Loved to joke, um, loves his country. His goal was to become an Army Ranger. At the age of 17, he wanted to enlist into the military. I didn't want him to. At first I said no because I would have to sign the um, consent form. I said no. But then I realized Etienne is such a uh, a person who stands for what he believes in, and I can see the look on his face like, Mom, if you don't sign this now, I'm going to do it anyways next year. Mm. So I didn't want him to feel like, yes, that's how he is, always debating. I really thought he was going to be an attorney because the way he debates, every time he debates, he's always right. I could never say anything. <laughs> and he, and you're right. Okay. So I said, okay, I'll sign it. So he did. He enlisted into the military, and then... Um, he was stationed in New York. That wasn't enough for him. Infantry wasn't enough. He wanted to be a ranger. So then he was selected, and he um, graduated from ranger school, and he was uh, stationed in Savannah. He has two little boys. He loves skateboarding, fishing. He would always go fishing with my husband. He is my husband's best friend, and my husband misses him so much. He was just a sweet person. Every time he came in the house, he would yell, Mama! And I was always upstairs, and I was saying, what? <laughs> and that was all the way. <laughs> Amen. And I know as rangers are, lead the way. That's the phrase they yes, use. Rangers right. lead the way. And he did lead the way. His uh, his sacrifice was made while serving in Syria. And yes. tell me about how you got the call. Oh, my God. I actually was at the uh, hair salon because I was going on a date with my husband the next day. Um, his wife. Uh, messaged me and said, are you home? No, she called me and said, are you home? And I said, no. She said, go home. And she hung up. So then I'm like, panic struck me. I'm like, oh my God, what's wrong with my child? Because I was actually messaging Etienne, asking him how many people were in his platoon because I was going to send a care package. My husband finally found out what had happened from her. And when he told me, I, I fell out. Mm. When I got home, um, not even five minutes later, they must have been sitting on the street or somewhere. I got the knock on the door, and they said, your son was in a vehicle. Ma'am, I'm so sorry. Your son was in a vehicle rollover, and he didn't make it. And once again, I just fell out and started screaming. Now, it goes without saying that we extend our love and support to anyone who's had to hear this news. Before she was able to put her thoughts into a book, she had to deal with one more challenge, and that was dealing with the media. This is a clip from their interview shortly after Sheila's son's death on CNN. Sheila Murphy's son, Army Specialist Etienne Murphy, was killed during a vehicle rollover incident this past May in Syria, and they have yet to hear from the White House. Calvin and Sheila Murphy, join us now. Mr. and Mrs. Murphy, we're so... Uh, oh, Mrs. Murphy, we're so sorry that you're reliving all of this. Mrs. Murphy, did you hear from the White House? Have you heard from the White House at all? No, I haven't. I haven't, but it's okay. It, it, it doesn't matter if I, I hear from the White House or not, because no, it's heard. not really about, like I said, yes, a, a call or a letter. I just want people to remember my son, Specialist Atiyah Murphy, and all the other Gold Star moms, Mrs. Johnson, all of those who are grieving. Let's think about that for just one moment. Um, what specifically did they want to get at with the president? Why were they keep bringing up the whole, did you get a letter from the president? I mean, what what were they looking for? Well, there was this whole um, horrible event that happened um, with a family 
who the president um, said that he he called him and forgot the, the young man's name. I don't want to name names, but then he I, I don't know. He was quoted as saying that he has called every Gold Star uh, family, and so they were trying to reach out to people who recently became Gold Star families like me to ask me if he called. And when I said no, they wanted me to come on their um, show and say, no, the president didn't call me. I think, well, I don't know, I can't, you know, speak for them. I felt as though they were trying to use me to speak against the president, and that's not what my intentions were. My intentions were to say, no, it doesn't matter about a call or letter. It's about my son, and it's about all the other soldiers over there. That's why I went on um, the interview, so then that way people would know about my son. Mm. And I guess that's why I wanted to be sure to bring this up on this interview because mm-hmm. all too often we equate military and this and that with whether you are Republican or whether you're Democrat and it doesn't need to be that way. And when we talk things of like Memorial Day, I just was, um, I was dumbfounded. I was really insulted when I saw how the media handled your interview and how they were just trying to prop you up and use you as part of an argument that had nothing to do with honoring anybody, not the least of which was your son. And you are so correct, Phil. And that, and like I said, that's why I did the interview, because they were trying to get me to say, you know, negative things about the person. It's their job. It's what they do. I just pray for them all. But there was no way I was going to do that, because it really isn't about a call or a letter. It's about my son. Like I, I kept saying in all the interviews, I said, I don't care. Amen. Now, you did something with all this energy, though, and that's what brings us to our interview today. And you wrote this book because you're not here. Who did you write the book for? And tell me a little bit about what's in it. Yes, what happened was I would post on Facebook because I was using Facebook as my outlet. At, oh, I would say, I just want to die. You know, I'm so sad. All of my, my feelings I will post, and people weren't liking what they were reading from me. And they were telling me, he's in a better place. Oh, what would your son want you to do? You know, all the cliches that are, that are thrown at people who are, who are grieving. And I said, you know what? I can't respond to every one of these people individually. So I'm just going to put a post up there, and it's going to address everything that everyone is saying to me at once. So that's what I started doing, not realizing that I was actually writing a book. All right, real quick, let's take a dive into the book. And I found something interesting uh, that you're sharing with everybody, and it's things not to say to somebody grieving. Uh, what you don't want to hear, he's in a better place. Because then I would say back, well, which one of your children would you want in that better place? And another one is God needed him. And another one is he's with you in spirit, or he's looking down on you. Or the, the one that I really get a lot is, what would he want you to do, or he wouldn't want you to be sad. So those are some of the things. I People don't mean any harm. It's probably what they hear, so they repeat it. But those things don't help us. It actually hurts us and makes us frustrated and angry. Mm-hmm. Together with the entire nation, um, let me just say that uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you what you've put in this book for others to take in. And just know you're not alone. And uh, again, thank you for taking the time, doing an interview with us for Memorial Day weekend and reminding us what this weekend's really all about. Thank you, Phil. And before I leave, I'd like to thank you for your service as well and for all the all the other veterans. I thank you all for your service and to all the Gold Star families. I love you all and my prayers are with you on this day.
Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. Now, in this segment, we'll hear about the organization CarryTheLoad.org and how, despite virus-related restrictions preventing them from having people physically walk 15,000 miles to honor our fallen and raise money for veteran support organizations, the mission continues. I recently got on the phone with former Navy SEAL Stephen Hawley, the co-founder of CarryTheLoad.org, and Mark Elliott, retired U.S. Army colonel and global head of J.P. Morgan Chase's Office of Military and Veteran Affairs. Both you guys have such great service careers. Uh, talk to me a little bit, Stephen, just about your career, where you were, what you did, and somebody that you hold near and dear in your heart that you remember this weekend. I spent my military career out in San Diego on the West Coast SEAL teams. Uh, a number of individuals that I was close with that have that have that are no longer with us, but one in, in, in particular that I went through uh, training with and our careers paralleled one another, so to speak, is an individual named uh, Jonas Kelsall, who who died back in uh, August of 2011. Someone who's always near and dear and uh, top of mind on this Memorial Day weekend. Amen. We'll raise one up to him right now. And uh, how about you, Colonel? Mark, share with me somebody, uh, well, first a little bit about your career and then somebody that you think of this weekend. Yeah, thanks, Phil. And first, let me say thank you for your service as well. Um, And so, um, like Stephen, I I spent a number of years, nearly three decades in the military. And you can imagine I've been a lot of different places. Um, But what's, you know, kind of, you know, strikes, sticks out in my mind is my, uh, I spent over two years in Iraq you know, one individual that just really stands out in my mind is a uh, is a uh, actual Naval Academy graduate, Marine um, Major Kevin Shea, and um, unfortunately he lost his life on his birthday, and um, and so Kevin always just comes back to mind for me during this time frame. Now, when it comes to honoring our fallen warfighters, carry the load has come a long way since its humble start as a Texas-sized march in the Dallas area. Stephen Holly explained. Care the Load was was an event that was uh, started in 2011 and essentially was born out of anger and frustration um, towards a nation that we that we thought had forgotten what Memorial Day was was about. And the mission of Care the Load was was is to restore the true meaning of Memorial Day, and we do that by honoring and celebrating our military, our veterans, our first responders, and the families of those who've made the ultimate sacrifice. And what started with one event in Dallas in 2011 has grown to a nationwide event with four national relays. Um, And it culminates in uh, our Dallas Memorial March, typically on Memorial Day weekend. What we raised about $100,000 year one, and here we are going into our 10th year, having raised over $25 million um, and so it's it's something that we're extremely proud of and something that we never anticipated that would grow the way it has. And it certainly has grown. Over the last 10 years, as Stephen said, carrytheload.org has raised a lot of money. The relays themselves have traveled paths that cover 15,000 miles and all end up in Dallas, with rallies in over 70 cities. And though it can't take place in its usual way due to virus-related restrictions this year, Mark Elliott explained how they're going virtual. You know, whether it's, you know, going out and doing their own virtual marches, you know, whether they're biking, running, or, you know, just simply flying a flag in the, in the, um, in the yard, this is a way for them to participate. Visit the website carrytheload.org and you'll see a lot of different ways you can get involved. 
There's a large interactive map showing all different routes from the mountain west to the west coast to the Midwest and all down the eastern seaboard on how you can be part of these virtual marches. You can click on the flag on the map to learn about the heroes of the day. You can do one thing each day to honor a hero, like walking or cycling or teaching your children a patriotic lesson, flying a flag, or any meaningful activity that's meaningful to you or someone you've lost. Whether you're at home or elsewhere, you can carry it anywhere and post photos on social media with the hashtag CarryTheLoad. Uh, ultimately, what, what Carry the Load has become is, is about sharing the stories and keeping those memories alive. And so if you go to carrytheload.org, you can not only do donate to the cause, but all the ways that you can participate virtually are all there on the website. And Phil, just to, uh, to incentivize those individual contributors to go out there to the site and, um, and participate, you know, we at J.P. Morgan Chase will match any contribution up to $100,000 that somebody would like to make. So we're, we're excited about, you know, the prospects of despite the fact that we may be um, um, not doing this physically, but this virtual, we think is going to open up opportunities for more people to contribute. So whether you walk, run or click, Carry the Load co-founder Stephen Holly says the spirit of Memorial Day drives programs that help our fallen warfighters, fellow veterans all year long. We have our educational program, which is teaching our youth about service, sacrifice, and patriotism, and, and our continuum of care program, which is a collaboration we have with this year, 45 different other nonprofit partners that are providing those direct services to military, veterans, first responders, and their families. And, and these services are, are across a broad spectrum. And people can go to carrytheload.org, click on programs, and they can learn about the 45 different nonprofits, where they're located across the United States, and exactly what they're doing on behalf of those constituents. And, and I also think it's important to, to, to point out with that 25 million that, you know, by nonprofit standards, over 93% um, of, of, of what we've raised has gone directly back into these programs. And again, for more information about this virtual relay that covers the entire nation and honors all of our fallen, you can go to carrytheload.org. Now, as we continue to honor those who've sacrificed for our freedoms, we're not alone. I recently spoke with country music megastar and USO tour veteran Trace Atkins. And as you're about to hear... His appreciation for our military, veterans, and first responders is way more than just lyrics to a song. Welcome to the show, Trace. Really glad to have you, man. Good to be with you. Thank you. One of the most interesting things I read about you was that uh, before even football, you'd considered the military. What branch? Yeah, Marine Corps. Uh, when I was a senior in high school, uh, I had a recruiter come by and... Um, I still remember <laughs> uh, his name was Benny Greggs, and, and uh, oh, he came in his dress blues. He was 6'5", and barrel-chested, just carried himself, you know, straight as an arrow, and it was just, you know, he was a great recruiter, and um, so by the end of my senior high school, I, would, I was already set up to go take a placement exam, and and everything for the Marine Corps, but then I was recruited at Louisiana Tech to, to play ball, and so I made that decision um, to go play ball. So, yeah, but that I, I did consider it. 
Well, you've certainly done quite a lot, and uh, you know we thank you for everything that you have done, because I know as a veteran, I've talked to countless of my buddies that have seen you or been around you on your USO tours, and uh, you know you made almost another career out of meeting with the troops and the injured families, even the Gold Star families, uh, the injured veterans with the Wounded Warrior Project. Um, tell me about one unforgettable experience on one of your dozen USO tours. Oh my goodness, well, I mean, I've been afforded uh, opportunities to do things that civilians just don't get to do. I mean, I've landed on the deck of an aircraft carrier and did the cat shot off the deck of an aircraft carrier and uh, been to, you know, forward operating bases and combat zones. And um, So it's, I mean, there are so many different, every, t- every time I've done a USO tour there's been something that's just absolutely unforgettable so uh, as many uh, as i've done that's how many unforgettable memories i have i promise you oh that's awesome and for all my army brothers out there listening i just want to point out that uh, trace atkins just said taking off an aircraft carrier was one of the biggest thrills of his life thank you very much trace that's where i did my four years and uh i tell my army brothers all the time <laughs> nothing like well that. you know also uh, <laughs> Getting to fire Colonel Gustav and any gun, you know, uh, go army. <laughs> right on. Hey, do they let you wear the cowboy hat on the fob? I always wondered about that. Uh, I don't even take it. I don't even take it. Uh, you know, I may take a ball cap, but, uh, you know, I've got my cover. And, and, Sweet. You know, I just wondered about that because you could see that thing a mile away, man. You could see a cowboy. <laughs> that make you a big old target. You're already a tall guy. So. Yeah, you don't want to really do that. Now stick around because we've got more with country star Trace Atkins and a discussion about this weekend's National Memorial Day concert when CBS Eye on Veterans returns. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. Now this Memorial Day weekend, myself and everyone at ConnectingVets.com honors American service members who have given their lives for our freedom. And all across the country, millions of others are paying tribute too. Among them are the dozens of musicians, actors, and entertainers that are part of an annual tradition that is the PBS National Memorial Day concert. Although coronavirus restrictions limit our ability to get together on the lawn of the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C., it didn't stop the show. And earlier this week, I had a chance to talk with one of the show's biggest musical guests, military supporter, USO Tour veteran, and country star, Trace Atkins. I also read somewhere that one of your first USO tours, afterward, they may have used one of your autographs as a weapon. Tell me about that. Yeah, I did sign a, a, a bomb. <laughs> I don't know if they used it or not. Perhaps I don't know. So I've been, and you know, somebody had somebody asked to do it. No, I think it's a great idea. I think, I, in fact, I think all musicians should sign little love notes on some of that ordinance, and uh, we can send it, <laughs> send it to the Taliban with love. Boom. All right. Um, yeah. what, what else did I want to get to? Vets embrace your music so much, and one I kind of wanted to know about is um, still a soldier. He's got a corner lot on Dogwood Drive. Your old truck and a nine to five comes home at night to a pretty wife. With a is that inspired by a specific veteran you know? No, not a specific one. Um, it's just, 
it, it just reminds me of so many of those guys that I've had an opportunity to um, work with and, and associate with, you know, through my work with veterans organizations over the years. And uh, all those guys are, are like that. You know, it says in the song, you know, if they called, he'd, he'd get back on the plane. And, and that's that's what they're all like. I mean, even the ones that are severely injured, they go back, you know, if, if given the opportunity. And it's just, um, it, it, it's just, it's so inspiring. Um, and I, that's been one of the coolest things uh, uh, that I've had a chance to do in my career is, is work I've done with, with vets, and uh, it's just humbling, uh, very humbling. People ask me why I do so much work with veterans organizations. My answer is very simple. If you have an opportunity to associate with heroes, you should do that because uh, you'll be you'll be better for it. Mm, very cool. And uh, someone else once told me about uh, an experience you'd had where a fan came to you uh, at one of the USO shows and had one of the lyrics to your song tattooed on his arm. Do you recall what song that was? Yeah. Came here to live, didn't come here to die. He had came here to live on one forearm and didn't come here to die on the other forearm. And he said, son, you came here to live. You didn't come here to die. It was just one of those moments where I just stood there dumbfounded. I, I didn't even know what to say. It was just uh, an incredible experience. And a young man that just came up to me at one of my USO shows um, overseas. And, and um, yeah, I'll never forget it. So cool. So cool. And, you know, it's like being part of a tribe. And when you get a chance to get in the tribe, you get a chance to share some things that nobody else gets to see. So I can say, having seen a couple USO shows myself, um, you know, it's so impressive and it's so nice to see that the artist up there feels it and bringing us a little bit of a, a little bit of back home. And you've kind of followed in the footsteps of some big USO entertainers like Bob Hope and Wayne Newton. And I read once that you met Wayne and he offered some interesting advice. Yeah, that was way back before I had ever done. I was I was scheduled to go on my first USO tour, Bahrain, actually before before the Iraq War started, and um, I, I had a chance to talk to Wayne Newton, and and I just asked him, "What should I expect?" And he just looked at me right in the face, and he said, "Expect to feel guilty when you come home." And that, that was all he said, you know. And I, so I was you know, okay, and uh, and then when I came home after that first USO tour, I knew exactly what he meant because you're going to feel like they they gave you more than you gave them because uh, for entertainers out there that have never done a USO tour, never had that experience, I can honestly tell you, it's unlike anything you'll ever do. It is the most appreciative audience that you'll ever play for. Never had the chance to do it, then you're missing out. And, and before you hang up your spurs, you ought to really try to, to do it one time because it is uh, an incredibly unique experience. Amen to that. 
And I was going to say, does anybody one do, does any one individual you've ever met really stand out between all your experiences with uh, you know Wounded Warrior Project and the hospital visits and uh, the USO tours? Well, you know, there there are many, uh, but I, for some reason, just then I thought about these two Marines at Bethesda one time that were going to uh, get me down and cut my ponytail off, and I thought they were really going to do it. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, they they each had. Uh, were, were missing the, uh, the lower part of their legs, but I had no doubt that they were going to be able to accomplish that mission had they chose to go ahead and do it. So, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And, uh, yeah, you don't want to mess with the guy who loses a leg and refers to it as a paper cut. Uh, absolutely love that. That's great. Uh, what else is great is the Memorial Day weekend concerts you've been a part of. Um, you know, as I live here in the D.C. area, I've seen it several times. Uh, it's going to be special this year. How is it going to be different? And explain to me what y'all are going to do to make it special still. Well, I, of course it's going to be different. And, and for my part, I've already uh, recorded the, the songs that I'm doing in the program. I flew to D.C. a couple of weeks ago, uh, and it was a, just a surreal experience. Uh, even, I mean, the drive from from Dulles into town, it was just uh, Apocalyptic. I mean, there's nobody on the road, and then uh, I stood on top of a building down there uh, with the Capitol Dome in the, in the background and, and did my performance. Um, but then I would look down, and there was literally nobody there. So it was a strange experience. It was still awe-inspiring, of course, with that backdrop, but uh, uh, very different mm. from years past. I mean, I've, I've done this show a few times, and always been you know the highlight of my year when i have a chance to do this uh, and this year it's, it's going to be no different because it was a, a you know crazy experience but i feel confident that, that these folks that put this show on every year uh, are going to put this one together and it's going to accomplish uh, what they want it to every year which is to remind people that you know there are folks who have sacrificed and, and and paid the price for us to, to enjoy the freedoms that we have. And, and just that's what this show is going to do. Just uh, hopefully cause people to take a moment and reflect and appreciate and, and give thanks to those folks um, who have done that over the years. Um, I, you know, the, the show's going to get that done. It's, you know, still a lot of great performances by a lot of incredibly talented people. And I'm just proud to be part of it again. That's interesting, and uh, you really said it all right there. That trip from Dulles into the city, probably alone, would take you an hour, over an hour, any given time you come to D.C., and to have nobody on the roads like it's been for the last several weeks is eerie. I just was driving around the other day, as a matter of fact, and, and I don't think I've ever seen 495. I've never seen all lanes open at 2 in the afternoon. And it is kind of spooky, and, 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 and it reminds us that we're in an experience right now, whether we're deployed or whether we're even home. Um, everyone's in this, like, weird, strange time. Um, do you have any messages or, 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 like, a message you'd like to share with the veteran community who are kind of trying to get through this, you know, this trying time we're living through? Well, the veterans know. Uh, you know they, they already have that, that, uh, that fortitude. Uh, they're they're going to be fine, you know. Uh, and, and but for the rest of us, you know, this show also this year, uh, uh, what's something that's a little different is they uh, the portion of the show is going to be paying tribute to those people on the front line right now. 
you know, those first responders and those folks that are still going out there every day and, and doing their gig and, and taking care of us. Part of the show's going to be dedicated to them, too. More with Trace Atkins when CBS Eye on Veterans returns. Amazing to think something so small and practically invisible as a virus is able to take down something so big as a country and, fr- and frankly, the world and make us all kind of scared. Uh, it's really nice to, you know, see you lifting it up and uh, helping us know we get through this and, um, you know, reminding us what the weekend is all about. Um, before I let you go, I, let me see one well, I, I don't know whether to ask you about the Sam Elliott story because you guys would be my two favorite. You'd be like the facial hair trifecta for me to meet and hang out and have a beer with. Um, someone told me to ask you about that. <laughs> well, I'm a huge Sam Elliott fan, have been for years. And when I first started getting into doing voiceover stuff, uh, you know, I, there, there was a, there was a, moment in time there where I read for a couple of things, uh, Dodge Ram and, and uh, Union Pacific Railroad and a few other things that I read for. And then Sam, of course, you know, got them all. So there was a, there was a time there when it was like, if I, if somebody came to me with an opportunity and said, Hey, I want you to go audition and read for this. You may be the spokesman of this. And I, I would say, well, is Sam reading for it? He goes, well, he is. I'm not even going to bother to go, you know? <laughs> I'm not going to get it. So, and I told my manager, I said, as a matter of fact, if you would gather up all these albums that I've done, put them in a box and ship them out to Sam and tell him if he can learn to sing those songs, I can just stay home, you know? <laughs> so, you know, he might as well do all the rest of my gig too, if he's going to keep stealing all these jobs from me. <laughs> Well, I just want you to know you're not the only one. I too have done some voiceover work and I end up with, uh, you know, like, uh, a Taco Bell or, uh, you know, Discovery Channel Best in Food cake decorating contests. And I always looked at you two guys and was like, man, how come I don't sound like that? Dang it. If I just sounded like if I could just drop it down an octave, I'd get some damn work. But uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, well, last... you know, it, it's an honor to be part of the show every, every time I've done it. Uh, this year, special to me, you know, uh, because of getting to do something with Sam Elliott, and, you know, even though I'm not in the room with him or on, on location with him, it's still, you know, part of something that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just a huge Sam Elliott fan, so that, that's a little, that's a cherry on top of the Sunday for me this year. Amen, amen. Uh, you know, from uh, from the dude abides to Roadhouse, yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you in the fan chair. Love that guy. Welcome back to CBS Eye on Veterans. I'm your host, Navy veteran Phil Briggs. And as we honor the ultimate sacrifice made by so many service members over the years with this Memorial Day weekend, we're going to hear in this last segment a few more words from country star Trace Atkins about the PBS National Memorial Day concert. We'll also hear from the legendary military and veteran supporter, actor Gary Sinise. Right now, we'll pick back up with Trace. Uh, Last question I have... Not political at all, but just curious. Does it freak you out that like you're just a Louisiana roughneck and you've been on Celebrity Apprentice with the guy who's now president of the United States, Donald Trump? Do you actually have Donald Trump's phone number? Could you call the man if you absolutely had to? I don't have his number, but I've I've got a couple of numbers <laughs> of somebody that could just poke him on the on the shoulder and tell him I'm on the phone. So. <laughs> 
That's <laughs> kind of weird, yeah. Does that freak you out, knowing how humble you grew up? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I've, that that is not lost on me, how crazy that is. I, I never would have dreamed in a million years that I would end up, you know, having the president's phone number. That's, uh, yeah, uh, I mean... I would have just uh, thought you were completely insane and turned around and walked away if anybody would have ever suggested that to me. <laughs> well, I'm glad you do, and I'm certainly glad for the work that you do, taking care of the military. You've been a USO tour fan favorite, and you've always been there for them, uh, whether it's the families and the veterans, whether it's the wounded warriors, whether it's the Gold Star families. I know when it comes to Memorial Day, you do not forget. The National Memorial Day concert airs on PBS Sunday, May 24th from 8 until 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. And of course, you don't want to miss your performance. Mr. Trace Atkins, man, really appreciate everything you do, bud. My pleasure. Thank you. This year, we were also happy to speak with the host of PBS's National Memorial Day concert, actor Gary Sinise. You cheated me. I had a destiny. I was supposed to die in the field with honor. Well, you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dane. Yes, I know that. You wrote me a letter, you idiot. I told you if you were ever a shrimp boat captain that I'd be your first mate. Well, here I am. I am a man of my word. Okay. Come on now, people, let's get on the ball and work together. He's a man who's done a lot to honor and assist our military and our veterans. Well, thanks very much for having me. Always nice to talk to you, and it seems very timely. It seems like every year around the month of May, we get a chance to hear from you as uh, you're back again hosting PBS's National Memorial Day concert, America's Night of Remembrance. But unlike the previous years, where I'm used to seeing you there on the West Lawn of the Capitol, it's going to be radically different this year. Tell me a little bit about how it's changed. Well, obviously, we can't uh, do the concert uh, at the Capitol this year because of COVID-19, but uh, this is a show very important. A concert, very important tribute to our fallen heroes that we we do every year on PBS. And so, of course, the Capitol Concerts folks came up with a a good solution. And uh, Joe and I, Joe Montaigne and and I, were able to get together uh, in Los Angeles with a skeleton crew, just a couple of our camera guys out here. And uh, Joe and I went into my office, actually, and we set up some cameras, and we, we shot uh, intros and, and comments and all of that. Guest artists, they're sending in messages from all over the country, and uh, we're paying tribute, obviously, to the frontline workers uh, in the COVID-19 pandemic fight. And uh, it's a little bit different this year, but it will be a great show. Right on. And I always love how they weave together the storylines of the veterans that they're saluting. Uh, you know, those that made the ultimate sacrifice. You guys do such a great job with telling those stories. Let's talk a little bit about you. I, I, I learned some interesting things about you. You have a family member in World War One, World War Two, and Vietnam. Yeah, and my dad served in the Navy during the Korean War. So uh, fam- uh, on my side of the family, uh, World War One 
to Korea, and then uh, my wife's side of the family, Vietnam veterans on her side of the family. Always knew I liked you as an actor. I think now I know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of veterans in my family. And, uh, they're certainly a catalyst for me and a motivator for me to uh, take up the charge to support veterans in various ways. And the, certainly, the Memorial Day concert is one of the favorite things that I get to do every year. And while the concert may be one of Gary's favorite things to do all year, one of our favorite movies to watch every year is Forrest Gump. And you can't talk to Gary Sinise without thinking of the iconic role of Lieutenant Dan. I'm always curious about fun facts about that movie. And can you share with me real quick? One, um, where were the Vietnam scenes filmed? Because somebody once told me they were filmed near a golf course, and I couldn't believe that. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, we we shot the, uh, all the Vietnam sequences in in and around Beaufort, South Carolina, and uh, the battle sequence in in the movie was actually uh, there was a, a golf course and there was a kind of a big forest in the middle of the golf course, and we went inside that forest and they set up uh, all the all the mortars and everything that was going to go off and. They were actually teeing off outside the tree line while we were blowing up the forest. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That it was kind of crazy. Would have been a hard day to get a, you know, a good golf game in there. I don't think anybody was getting an 85 while you were in the woods blowing things up. But the, <laughs> <laughs> it probably scared them a little. Bit, That's yeah. all right. Um, you've gone on to do such great things. Of course, that role inspired so many great things in the future. You work with veterans. You've you've been on 100 and some USO tours. Share with me a little bit of memories about uh, one of the tours, some of the veterans you might have met. Is there anything that stands out or any one performance you can think of that, that really left a memory with you? Oh, there's, there's been so many. I mean, I played uh, hundreds of concerts for the troops. We were, we were on a USO tour over in uh, Germany. We finished that USO tour and flew straight to uh, Washington, D.C. Next thing I know, we're in front of 200,000 people on the lawn of the Capitol and we're playing music. And that kind of hooked me on the Memorial Day concert. Have you met anyone in specific that's kind of stuck in your heart? Oh, there's so many. I, I write about many of them in, in my book, uh, Grateful American. There's, uh, you know, I've been to the hospitals many, many, many times. Uh, over and over, and we've ended up building uh, specially adapted homes for uh, dozens of uh, wounded veterans who, you know, from quadruple amputees, triple amputees, traumatic brain injury, burns, uh, you know, very badly wounded folks who uh, have special needs uh, and, you know, need a, a specially adapted home. So we built uh, several of these because. I've just been inspired by, by the stories and the resilience and the perseverance of so many of these wounded veterans I've, I've met in the hospitals. And it goes without saying, it's, it's one of the greatest gifts that you've given us, not just in your acting, but of course in the service. And um, the book again is Grateful American from Self to Service. A journey from self to service. And it, it tells, you know, kind of how I got into all of this and and how I ended up creating uh, uh, the Gary Sinise Foundation and all, you know, some of the things that we're doing there. Right now we're in the fight against COVID-19, and we have a special campaign going on at the Gary Sinise Foundation to raise additional funds to help the frontline defenders out there. 
Well, I can't appreciate it enough. From the book to the Gary Sinise Foundation and the funds you're raising to help us get through this COVID era, uh, it's guys like you that uh, make the world a little bit better of a place. And I can't thank you enough and uh, really look forward to seeing what you guys edit together and how this comes about. I talked to Trace uh, yesterday, so I know it's going to be one heck of a great show. Sure will be. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Right. I mean, that guy. I love that voice, man. That's awesome. PBS's National Memorial Day Concert, America's Night of Remembrance, airs on PBS Sunday, May 24th from 8 to 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Gary Sinise, Lieutenant Dan, big salute to you, sir. Super appreciate everything you're doing. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Ion Veterans ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds, but none of this was their idea. So whose idea was it? Enter German music producer Frank Farian. He saw the success of acts like Michael Jackson and Prince, and he wanted in, no matter the cost. So he devised the perfect pop heist. Two once-in-a-lifetime talents who were charismatic, full of sex appeal, and phenomenal dancers. The only problem? They couldn't sing. But Frank knew just how to fix that. Wondery's new podcast, Blame It on the Fame, dives into one of pop music's greatest controversies and takes a never-before-heard look at the exploitation of two young Black artists. Millie Vanilli set the world on fire, but when the truth came out, Rob and Fab were the only ones who got burned. Looking back now, it's hard not to wonder, why did everyone blame them and not the man pulling the strings? Follow Blame It on the Fame, Millie Vanilli, on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of Blame It on the Fame early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.